Well, it's Thursday, and welcome to the season two finale of Days of the New. That's right, Kevin. This is the season two finale because we are fucking tired. So fucking tired, man. I did not think that when you'd come to me and say, hey, let's just start a new metal podcast. It'll be fun. This thing's a fucking job. It turns out that researching um, new metal singers and neo-Nazis just wears you out pretty quickly. <laughs> it really, really takes a toll on your personal and professional life. Well, you know what's fun, though? Uh, we, we're charting again. Mm. So we uh, we hit number 77 on the uh, music history Apple Music chart uh, last week. In the United States? Yeah, yeah. This Holy not even shit. In the UK. Wow. But yeah, we haven't really charted much in season two. So this is a good time to remind you all that if you do enjoy the show... Go ahead and subscribe. We can honestly use some reviews on iTunes. Everybody's been super cool about that. Mm -hmm. We're trying not to be that podcast that pushes it. But the more five-star reviews we get, the more people get exposure to this show. And we have a lot planned for season three. Yes, we do. We wanted to go off on a high note. But as you very well may know, there aren't a lot of high notes in New Metal. Oh, yeah. And thankfully, New Metal and all the weird, shitty planets in its orbit are rife with horrible people whose sole motivation in life is to profit from fear, stupidity, and the misery of others. Yep. Yep. It's an American tradition. Indeed it is. From the culture vulture slash homophobe slash restaurateur known as Kid Rock to the former stained frontman and current defending world champ for the title of most soldiers' dicks fit in a human mouth at once, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> There's no shortage of bad actors to be found waiting around in the fetid afterbirth of new metal. I really fucking hate Aaron Lewis. Yeah, he's terrible. I'll see you in season three, Aaron. <laughs> I'm fucking, I got your number, motherfucker. I, I can't wait for that episode. But yeah, so with Kid Rock and Lewis, both those guys used their fame from new metal to pivot into the lowest common denominator of red rock tailored for every FM station in a flyover state. That's all well and fine. They use their rallying points that dumb fucks have come to know and love, like the troops and freedom, Jesus. Uh, and then they really lean into that whole cancel culture narrative. They are salt life stickers given breath, and I hate them for everything they continue to do to our already fractured society. We're in an area with a wide open internet and unchecked mental illness in America. <laughs> and yeah. The largest generation in, in forever is just lacking in critical thinking skills. And it's sad that the people that told us to not believe everything you read are just swayed by headlines and Twitter accounts of anonymous assholes that are making money off of them. Yeah, and that's what it all comes down to is money. So while country seems to be the retirement plan for uh, former new metal folks, there is another side to that coin. Before we say goodbye and go to write season three, we want to talk about a phenomenon that we are calling grift hop. I give Kevin a lot of credit for this term because I think it could catch on. Like grift hop, it's, it's, it's just got a ring to it. You know, at, at first I thought it was just kind of a throwaway, but the more I went back and tried to like pinpoint the origins, man, this is not a new phenomenon, but it has just taken on a very different kind of bent. The main perpetrator of this grift is an artist by the name of Tom McDonald. And we're going to get to him in a minute. Oh, I got some things to say about Tom McDonald. Oh, yeah. But before we get into this dipshit, I want to take a step back through time and examine the predecessors to people like Tom McDonald. Hip-hop being appropriated by white folks for agendas that are explicitly not for the advancement of black people is nothing new. Nick, are you familiar with Woodpile? I'm not. Wood. 
it took the blood in my veins Started out in control, but now I'm going insane Walk with a cane and a fake lamp Have you feeling the pain of a bitch getting pants All my flows Nick, you want to tell people a little bit about uh, what you've just seen of Woodpile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is um, a bunch of... Uh... I mean, Kevin, this is a white supremacist prison game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're working in the yard, uh, and, uh, you know, lifting weights in a, in a jail, and then uh, walking down the street together wearing very clear, you know, bandanas around the head and sunglasses. And uh, I'm sure you have a write-up, so I'll let, you, I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, so as far as I can trace back, this is the original Grift Hop. Woodpile takes its name from the prison slang Peckerwood, which is then shortened to Wood. And that is how a lot of the uh, Aryan Nation folks identify in prison. What up, Wood? Well, anyway, Woodpile consists of three Aryan Nation-looking dudes by the name of Diesel, Ether Bunny, Crisis, and Critical. In early interviews, they stress that their music is about white pride, not white supremacy. Ether Bunny told the Phoenix Sun Time in 2006, why can't you be white and like it without being racist? I mean, he's just saying he's just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, that would just be enough if they were just some racist dudes making racist rap with no real sense of self-awareness. So how do we know it's a grift? Well, Woodpile was signed to West Coast Mafia Records, owned by two black guys, rapper Sibo and his partner Tipo. In no reality would an ardent white supremacist let a black guy be his boss and profit from his <laughs> album. I mean, it's true. Right. And those guys were in on it too, make no mistake. So here's a, I want to read to you from the LA Times in 2006. Since June, executives at the marketing firm RBC Records have been sending out bundles of woodpile promotional materials twice a month to several dozen of the group's incarcerated friends, supporters, and family members. As the thinking goes, Woodpile gets buzz in the prison yard that translates into positive word of mouth, spreading beyond the penitentiary walls. As prison visitors are released, prisoners carry the gospel of Woodpile to the streets. The song is also intended as a rallying cry for Woodpile's target audience. They call I'm a Wood the white boy anthem, said Ben Grassi, RBC's vice president of marketing. You don't think every white prisoner is going to want their own white boy anthem? Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting target. Yeah. Um, from a, just a marketing plan perspective. Yeah, like, so their lyrics never advocate violence against minor minorities. They're not stupid. That doesn't help their cause. They just market it brazenly to incarcerated white power groups. That is a literal captive audience that you are sending your music to. That, that culture doesn't run deep. It's like there aren't white supremacists in prison that then like, impact popular society whereas like you know like they're just gonna take it back to the trailer park and like a bunch of meth heads are gonna be wearing wood shirts what i'd like to point out though is like i thought that that was gonna be like 1997 like the fact that that production existed like it's so bad like so bad in in the mid 2000s i would be so pissed off if i were like a white power dude in prison and like on the yard, the black guys are getting to listen to, like, NWA. And then, like, the Hispanic dudes are getting fucking, like, big pun. And then, like, I've got Woodpile. <laughs> I would be so pissed right, off. Dude. Well, and this is 2006. So there's, like, I mean, we're past Snoop. We're past fucking Biggie and Tupac. Like, there's so much great fucking hip-hop. Yeah. 
did these guys ever listen to any before they tried it? Well, they pivoted, man. Woodpile is actually still around. Oh, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> they pivoted into a new sound and a new style as kind of these goofball MCs. And they have scrubbed this fucking video from the internet, dude. I found this and another old Woodpile song, which was just like one of those slideshows that somebody put together of white power tattoos. Oh, wow. Yeah, like th there's no pretense there. So they scrubbed all that. Let me show you what Woodpile's doing today. They're trying to remarket themselves as like these kind of comedian, you know, nerdy rappers. Oh, oh good. Yeah, this is wonderful. You're going to love this. Right, we're going to count three, and then on four, we're going to say it. I know we'll say it on three. It'll be like one, two, what up? So is it going one, two, go, or one, two, three, go? One, two, go. All right. One. What up? It's Diesel, aka Chuck Blank from the bank. Crisis, John Wood from the hood. And, and we, we are Woodpile. Come party like a rock star with us at the Secret Celebrity Mansion Pool Party, August 18th and 19th, featuring Shop Boys and Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Who? And Mike Jones, brought to you by Club Cabana and local headliners. Yeah! Woodpile! Okay, it doesn't even matter what order we do it. In fact, if we turn this into a blooper commercial, it might be funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well that had uh, 661 views, two of which were mine, 22 likes and two dislikes. <laughs> Oh, we'll definitely take a screenshot of what these guys looked like before and after, and we'll put it in the uh, Instagram post. <laughs> yeah, so they, they tried really hard to like get away from that white power money. Now they are performing with black artists, and you cannot find the song I'm a Wood on any of their uh, platforms. So Woodpile kind of kicked off the whole thing, and from here, things get dark. As they usually do around this time on an episode of Days of the New. In 2009, the world saw the first Tea Party rapper, High Caliber. Jesus Christ. Patriotic people. This for all my patriotic people. Yeah. Mr. Conservative, patriotic raps that are real. The only MC to ever rock on Capitol Hill. The Congress better think twice before passing them bills. Before we send them tumbling down like Jack and Jill. And here's a message to the crooks in the treasury. Read the message on the flag, man, don't tread on me. Jesus. <laughs> Grift Hop exists so white guys who have said, I don't think rap is music at all, can play this in their lifted F-150s while claiming they're well-rounded. And you got to hear this guy. He says what I think, but what people are afraid to say out loud, even though these guys never shut the fuck up about it. And the culture war is their entire identity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now. Keep in mind that this is from 2009. This was like at the launch of the Tea Party. He left the rap game about six years ago, but I think that the last video that he put up for one of his songs paints a real clear portrait of where his head was at. So that was 2009 right there. This is 2014 with the song Every Day I See, and that is E-Y-E-C. God bless the USA, the land of the free and the home of the brave. But the government wants to turn you into- Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
We got some Illuminati imagery. Yeah, so first off, this is like the 2009 high caliber. It was a very well done video. Oh, let's not give them too much credit. It was it at least it had production. It had value. production value. This is a slideshow of Illuminati shit. And he's clearly rapping into one of those like PC mics that used to come with your like HP, you know, that like long white <laughs> microphone. That's the quality of mic that he's rapping into. Yeah, let's continue that song. A slave relying on the nanny state from cradle to grave. I see it every day. Our tax dollars pay for lazy bums to get high and drunk all day. Come on. Every day, another soldier dies while his mom tries to dry the tears from her eyes. Yeah, he has gone really off the deep end. There's like yeah. all seeing eye shit, wake up. The government wants to turn us into slaves, welfare state. Yeah. yeah. And then he kind of just fell off the face of the earth. I did a little research, and after retiring the mic, he would actually make headlines again after being arrested for holding up a local bank. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The, the government is all crooks and thieves, and then you know, until I fucking have no money and have to rob a liquor store. So this was his neighborhood bank in the township of, I want to say, Brick, New Jersey. From that article, he allegedly told the bank teller, I need 5,000 G's strapped to go. Do not hit the alarm button and nobody gets hurt. Just give me my $5,000 now. The teller gave Canis the money and he ran out. Another bank teller recognized him as a local and identified him to police. Oh my God. <laughs> One of the officers also knew him and led the investigation to his home. Don't worry about high caliber because this story does have a happy ending. And in October of 2020, he died of Parkinson's. Oh my God. <laughs> this is too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. I do like that in his mugshot, he has on a Boston Red Sox t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And if any baseball team's fan base is going to produce, you know, like anti-government white supremacist rappers, it's definitely going to be the Boston area. 100% it is. Rest in peace. High caliber. Actually, I don't know how to end that because he was kind of mentally ill. Yeah. Um, on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it just doesn't stop with this guy. Like even fucking Baked Alaska had a rap career. No fucking way. Baked Alaska was like this huge alt-right, like Charlottesville fucking neo-Nazi that got deplatformed across everything. Yeah. For our listeners who are lucky enough to have made it this far in their lives not knowing who he is, I'm just going to read from his Wikipedia. It starts off with a clarification. This article is about the neo-Nazi. For the dessert, see Baked Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Joseph Tim Guyonet. This guy has like five different names. More commonly known as Baked Alaska is an American neo-Nazi anti-Semitic conspiracy theorist, social media personality, and former rapper who gained attention through his advocacy on behalf of the alt-right and white supremacist ideology and through his promotion of anti-Jewish conspiracy theories, such as white genocide and Jewish control of the media. Prior to all that, he worked on Warp Tour. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he worked with uh, 303 and All Time Low, and uh, apparently Kevin Lyman gave him the name Baked Alaska, because he's from Alaska and he smoked a lot of weed. Oh my God. During his time with 303, I guess he picked up kind of the white boy rap bug. And as he started to transform into the baked Alaska we know and love today, he did have a rap career. I present to you, we love our cops. Oh my God, it hurts. <laughs> 
shit he looks like the tiger king he's dancing in front of a burbank police car which also is a jeep wrangler for some reason yeah he's going around hugging like traffic cops while wearing an american flag as a cape yeah i must point out kevin that baked alaska absolutely stormed the capitol on january 6th he got arrested for that yeah but we love our cops. We love our cops. In their law enforcement. <laughs> if any episode is either going to get me fired from my job if they look at my search history <laughs> or get me on an FBI watch list, it's this. Because I've Googled neo-Nazi rap so many times. <laughs> Not to belabor the point here, but this is nothing new. Any unhinged in individual with some rudimentary equipment can make a particularly well-polished song and video espousing their batshit views. Like this maniac who recorded a track in 2015 big upping Ted Cruz for president. Ted Cruz, if it's time for Are you fed up with the excuses? Ted Cruz has got your back. Standing for America on marriage and super PACs. Taking down the Washington cartel. He's fighting for all well-being to get from God here to act. It's Ted Cruz in these dark times. He will lead us back to freedom. Our constitution and Jesus stopped the drama. Barack Obama completed. Giving the power back to the people. Wow, because there's nothing cooler than Ted Cruz. <laughs> I do want to draw a line between this bullshit and the genre known as hip hop or outlaw country rap. Nick, are you familiar with this? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I hosted a Jelly Roll concert once. Okay. Make no mistake. Hip hop is goddamn terrible. Mm -hmm. As you would expect, it has a lot of assholes espousing a lot of racist, xenophobic garbage. But there are also those who seem to genuinely love the art form, acknowledge and respect its African-American roots, and use it as a vehicle to tell their own stories. And those stories just happen to all be about being poor white trash. I don't like to punch down on these episodes, but I am going to make an exception for these guys. This is a video by New Breed featuring Jesse Howard, and it's called Welcome to My House. As you may have guessed, this video celebrates the time-honored tradition of settling down, having some kids, owning your own little piece of land, and waiting for the day when somebody trespasses on your property and you finally get the chance to kill a human being. Sounds about right. Yeah. But more importantly, this video may be the best example of everything not to do with a gun. Oh, and by the way, this is eight minutes long. They made this a short movie, which we will be deconstructing on a mosh pit in season three. <laughs> but I'm going to skip to the middle here. First off, New Breed and Jesse Howard have warned us not to come into their house. But these fools have come into his house and are now assaulting his wife. I got a baby girl inside this house and right now she's sound asleep. So it's probably best for the both of us if you just turn around and leave. Cause if you come in this fucking house, then you too gonna go to sleep. I promise you, boy, don't play with me. I pray to God my soul to keep. Wow. So first off, everybody has a fucking gun. 
like this guy's just singing on top of a rock with a gun. Welcome to my house. <laughs> Shotgun. Yeah, just waving it around. Yeah, and, like, and you cannot tell me that there was a weapons master on set, like making sure all the oh, chambers no. were cleared, that there were any sort of uh, fake rounds, that a safety was on anywhere in this fucking video. It's just people waving the guns they own around. One more for good measure. Here's Anthony Beast Mode with the song Pistol in My Truck because I'm becoming a real big fan of gun safety as taught through hip hop. <laughs> As a gun owner, Nick, maybe you can point yeah. out some of the key things that uh, Anthony Beast Mode is doing wrong here. Well, I mean, he's got a uh, like a tactical shotgun, <laughs> and he's dancing with it as it's a prop, and he is just flailing it all over the place. He's spinning around in circles while his friends are behind him. Yeah, yeah, he's surrounded by guys wearing camo by a big truck in the woods, and he's just like spazzing out with this. Oh my god. Also, I love the genre where this song is called Pistol in My Truck. Like, gonna that's going to explain the fucking breaking and entering that happens the next week to his truck. Like, I think that's like the number one way that like guns get stolen is people leave them in their truck and they put like a fucking Glock sticker on the back window. Like, there's probably a gun in there that I can sell. I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to our European listeners who have no fucking idea what we're talking about. Guys, we have so many guns over here. It's ridiculous how many fucking weapons. Like, you can't walk down the street and not trip over a handgun. They're everywhere. <laughs> well, I think we need to really grasp what the difference between the two is. Hiccup, a lot of, these guys believe this shit. Mm -hmm. Grifthop. I don't know if they believe it or if they grow to believe it, but it's a cash grab. Yeah. That's the difference. It absolutely is. Before we leave Hip Hop, I can't help but wonder, is there something out there for the person who needs just a little bit more racism in their hip hop? Uh-oh. There is. Nick, I'd like to introduce you to Adam Calhoun, who is white, and the song aptly titled Racism. What the fuck you rapping for? Ass. Whoa, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This one might be Griff Top. <laughs> okay. So before we get into it, this dude took the there's black people and then there's N-words argument, put it on wax, made a video with black people in it, and then released it to the world. And this guy is fucking huge in this scene. And you can't keep a job cause you in and out of prison. Guess it must be Trump's fault cause you making bad decisions. That's about niggas, but what about black folk? Raise their kids right every night. Mom and dad are home. Hunting for a job, not crying about a privilege. Crying out the God, stop the violence where we live in. Fuck it though, you a nigga and I'm just a cracker. So, I mean, that's about as good as race relations is going to get here. This this is Grift Hop, um, because the enemy in Grift Hop is they. Mm. They are always doing something. They are pitting us against each other. They are trying to control you. I don't really know who they is. Sometimes it's the government. Sometimes it's the Illuminati. Oftentimes it's Jewish folks. Uh, but there's always a they. Because in all forms of fascism, the main principle is that there is an enemy. That this is not my fault. There is somebody that is responsible for the situation that I am in in life. And I am going to tell you about it. And it is they. 
we're going to move into the arch enemy, the king of Grift Hop, if you will, Tom McDonald in a minute. But you're probably at this point being like, are they going to ever get to new metal? They're doing it to me again. It's a whole episode <laughs> that has nothing to do with new metal. There is a crossover. Early on, we talked to you about Trapped and Chris Taylor Brown. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back. I think it was like our first like important episode. Chris Taylor Brown is a grifter. He's been deplatformed, so he shows up on other people's tracks. Uh, this is a song by Playboy the Beast called Drown Me Out. Chris Taylor Brown from Trapped sings the hook. This song was released on May 24th, and it has less than 8,000 views. This guy, Playboy the Beast, decided to throw his hat in with Chris Taylor Brown after he'd been deplatformed, after right. he had proclaimed himself as one of the Proud Boys. Okay, we can do we can, we can this is literally a guy rapping and just whining about getting blocked on Instagram. And then Chris Taylor Brown comes in with this persecution fetish bullshit. They're always talking about they're gonna bound my wrist and put a muzzle on me. It's like tread on me, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Yeah, yeah. It's All right, should uh, should we get to the main event cuz this is a big one and this is important because it's it's way bigger than it should be. That was all the prelude leading up to the biggest piece of shit I think I've encountered in recent memory. Yeah. So this is Tom McDonald. As we stated, he's probably the king of grift hop. He's a failed wrestler from Canada because all good grifters are from Canada. Gavin McGinnis starts the Proud Boys. Mm -hmm. He's from Canada. Like, all of these assholes who are like, America first, aren't even fucking right. from they're not, here. They're not American, right. So like, he failed as a wrestler, and then he turned to rap as an alternate route to fame. So his song, White Boy, came onto my radar a couple years ago, and I saw that it was resonating with the chuds, but I mostly dismissed them. But let me give you a little bit of, uh, of White Boy. I cannot feel guilty for that I didn't do, but I can understand the reasons why you think that I should. Yeah, I'm white, but I never put your neck in no noose, and I never burnt a cross or hit my face with a hood. You can't just label me racist because I'm related to people who did some terrible way back before I was alive. My parents brought me up to treat everyone as an equal. I refuse to feel ashamed because of my pretty blue eyes. All right. Wow. My favorite part of this is that he censors out all of his swear words in all of his videos. Bitch! <laughs> yeah. And that's because his target audience is more offended by someone swearing than by white supremacist content. Oh, right? Yeah. That's important. Like, these people think they have the moral high ground, but if they hear a swear word, they turn it off, right? So he knows that because he is not trying to be contemporary. He is rapping directly to old people. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. I thought that that was like a one-off. He's been building an empire. So Tom McDonald is a heavily tattooed, including multiple face tattoos. Dude's eyelids are tattooed. He always has a grill in. He's got these awful kid rock braids, and he loves to pop his shirt off. He raps under the guise of being a positive rapper and speaking the truth, unlike all these black rappers singing about Xanax and fucking or whatever. Yeah. That's his angle, right? So he has a couple of albums that did absolutely nothing, and they weren't a part of this culture war bullshit. But then he released White Boy and joined the party. So around this time, Kansas City rapper and like YouTube star Mac Lethal tweeted about how whack appropriating black culture to complain about black culture is. And Tom McDonald launched 
into fame from his diss video, making fun of Lethal's past drug problem and uh, making gay jokes. And then he bragged that he sold out Kansas City twice, like trying to be like, yo, you're gonna talk shit, I sold out your city twice. So I looked it up because obviously I ran a venue in Kansas City. This fucking guy played at Aftershock, which is an absolute shit venue in Shawnee, Kansas, AKA not in Kansas City. <laughs> West Chicago, it's the West Chicago of Kansas. Right, right. so like <laughs> they, they that, that venue only hosted like shitty hip hop and new metal shows. Mm-hmm. This place is out of business now, uh, but they literally sold jello shots and they're located in a rural community that just got fucked by the opiate crisis. Uh, it held maybe 200 people. Nothing to brag about, right? Mm-hmm. You remember uh, that scene in Million Dollar Baby where she's all paralyzed and her hillbilly Missouri family visits her in the hospital? Yeah. That's what the whole crowd in this venue <laughs> always looked like. <laughs> God. <laughs> so I looked at his tour routing and he plays small venues in a few big cities like Denver and Chicago, but he mainly sticks to places like Missoula, Montana, Fargo, Sioux Falls, and Dayton, Ohio. On a 20 show tour, three of the dates are in Tennessee and it wraps up in Birmingham, Alabama. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Big hip hop circuit there. Big hip hop mm-hmm. circuit, or or maybe places where you know black people were dragged off of buses and not allowed to sit at uh, uh, counters or share water fountains like fifty years ago. I'm sure it's a coincidence. He realized that he had an angle because that shit got crazy viral. It got mentions, both positive and can you believe what this guy's saying and whatever. He realized that places like Fox News would give him a platform. Like I've said with, with most of these grift hop guys, I don't know if they're doing it all for the grift or if he actually believes his own bullshit, but regardless, he's cashing in on the grift. He knows this is a grift, and I think that the fact that he spent a large part of his young career as a wrestler indicates to me one thing, and that is dude knows that the heel always gets yeah. more attention. There's the baby face yes. and the heel, and he knows that yeah. he can make his living being the heel. Right. And he had no success until he entered this like culture war thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we've all seen Fox News, the official propaganda arm of the white supremacist movement, weaponize words that they've pulled from black Twitter to enrage their old white racist audience base. Right. Like cancel culture came from black Twitter. Mm-hmm. The word woke came from black Twitter. And those are the only things Fox News talks about anymore. It's hilarious for me to like log in and watch a blonde news reporters say the word woke over and over again like two years after anybody relevant stopped using it it's like they're up up, up there they might as well be saying like daddy-o and and bling bling (laughs) um tom mcdonald found a way to to monetize that right so he uh recently released a single called snowflake right now as we record this in june 2021 this song is the number 10 trending music video on youtube if America's so terrible and racist, it probably isn't safe to encourage immigration. Just saying, all the contradictions are embarrassing. You know who hates America the most? Americans. Trigger warnings used to be on TV for seizures, and now they're everywhere to protect millennials' feelings. He, she, his, him, hers, them, they, screw a pronoun, because everyone's a retard these days. Okay, so you get it. Yeah. He just said so many offensive things in a row, but every one of them are things that were just echoed by your alt-right media audience. Mm -hmm. He knows all the dog whistles, and he's just playing them all in a line, knowing full well that like he's got the production value. This guy looks like a fucking idiot. He looks like right. he looks like a cabbage patch kid after you pulled half of its hair out and like I've drawn <laughs> all over it and you take a lighter to it. Like that's what he looks like. 
So you can tell from White Boy, which you're like, ooh, this is kind of fucked up, to Snowflakes, where he's singing about, he's making fun of pronouns, he's using the word retarded, he talks about gun control, he talks about abortion is murder, he's just slapping bumper stickers on the back of someone's F-150. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. As we mentioned, Fox News, this is why he is uh, as watched as he is. This is from uh, this previous February. Canadian rapper Tom McDonald serves up a controversial take on cancel culture and much more. Fox News Headlines 24-7 reporter Carly Shimkus has just spoken with Tom McDonald exclusively. Hi, Carly. Hey, Martha. Yeah, that's right. It was a very interesting interview. And you know, it's common for musicians to release politically charged songs these days. But you've probably never heard one quite like this before. Rapper Tom McDonald rails against cancel culture and censorship in his new song titled Fake Woke. And his message has been heard by millions. We're ashamed to be American. Canadian rapper Tom McDonald. We're ashamed to be American. You should probably love it because you have the right to hate it and not get stoned to death in public. As children, we were taught how to walk and talk. But the system wants adults to sit down and shut up. Cancel culture runs the world now. The planet went crazy. So anyway, Fox News is like, and his message has gotten to millions as they project his message to more millions who are then going over to be like, I like what that young man had to say. I wonder what else he has. And then they go to YouTube and do their own research. If you pull up Tom McDonald's Twitter account, the algorithm will suggest you also follow Joe Rogan. Oh, who has yeah. the most popular podcast in the world and who is another guy that says, while having the biggest platform imaginable, that soon straight white males will not have a voice. I used to love Joe Rogan. I used to listen to his podcast all the fucking time. Where it really fell off the, the rails for me with him was when he turned into the, I'm just asking questions, or like somebody would come on there and just say some of the most like outlandish shit and he'd just go, huh, that's crazy. Well, why do you think that is? Well, yeah, then he started giving platforms to people like Alex Jones yeah. of InfoWars. When I finally tapped out was when he brought Gavin McGinnis on and let him talk yeah. all about the Proud Boys and how they were a fraternal organization. Not once, twice. But I mean, it's working because as we record this, Tom McDonald has 17 songs in the iTunes Hip Hop Top 200. 17. Who buys music? Old people and children. Yeah. That's it. Young, young people. And old people. The guy's on this Fox News interview wearing a Louis Vuitton shirt, even though in his song Cancelled, he sings, I do what I want, get all the Gucci and Louis Vuitton out of my closet, out of my crib. I do not want it. That is for kids. Like, he's just a contradiction all the time. Mm -hmm. In his song Snowflakes, he sings, we are all the same red, white, and blue. I'm like, bro, you live in Canada. Canada. (laughs) It's red and white. That's it. He follows that up with, in 2021, we treat the Patriots like Nazis. Meanwhile... This is a man that has the word no quarter tattooed on his face under his eye. For the unaware, no quarter means no mercy for captured prisoners and is generally the same as saying takes no prisoners. It means death to my enemy. Mm -hmm. You may remember a Republican senator and proto-fascist and likely future presidential candidate Tom Cotton calling for no quarter for insurrectionists, anarchists, rioters, and looters last June on Twitter and calling for the military to crush protests in an op-ed in the New York Times. Now, Cotton, as a former army captain, absolutely knows that no quarter is a war crime under international law, but he doesn't care because America first is all that matters. And the America that Cotton and Tom McDonald believe in is white and suburban. 
I would like to know when he got the no quarter tattoo because I bet you it was right about that time. Mm, no, that couldn't be. That couldn't be. Mm. No. I don't know for sure. You just look at the imagery in his videos. His girlfriend shoots and produces all of his videos. She also is a rapper. She's very talented. His videos are slick. The I mean, the audio production is good, and he is not a bad rapper. He's not a stellar rapper, but he has a flow. A flow that he honed by listening to a shitload of Eminem, mm. which he'll admit. He has a, a song, I think it's called Dear Shady, and it's about, like, why are you so soft now, Eminem? He paid $100,000 for an NFT, remember those, mm -hmm. of an unused Eminem beat. And then he took that and made Dear Eminem, which is like Dear Stan Part 2. And I didn't watch it because I fucking hate this guy. Right. In these videos, he's speaking to these guys that are showing up at protests with AR-15s. To both these old guys that think that they're, you know, what they call them, the gravy seals, yeah, right? Meal Team 6. Yeah, but also to the Kyle Rittenhouses, a young man that was radicalized on the internet and then killed two people and blew a guy's arm off at a protest in a state that he didn't even live in as a minor. Him and his girlfriend have a ski mask on in almost every episode, which is an absolute nod to vigilante violence. In the video for his song, Cancelled, he's locked in a cage. Like, they have such a persecution fetish. And with him, in all of his songs, the same thing is... The enemy is they. He tries to play both sides occasionally. He put out a song called If I Was Black. Oh. The chorus is, if I was black, I'd say fuck the police. I'd say fuck the whole clan. I'd put holes in these sheets. If I was black, I'd put gold on my teeth. So if you think I'm broke, you'd know when I speak. If I was black, I probably wouldn't want to ever drive because the police pull me over. I might fuck around and die. So like it's it's a grift because now that exists. So everybody can be like, well, he, always, he says what's the truth. Listen to these songs. Well, no, he's not racist. Listen to this song. This song is his, I'm not racist. Yeah. But I'm going to get into like the comment sections a little bit. Oh, God, no. On AR15.com. Oh, gee, wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Which is the largest gun forum on the internet. Shut the fuck up. AR15.com? Yeah, it's the largest gun forum on the internet. Somebody made a thread for Tom McDonald fake woke. Does that say gunstruction? Uh, yes. Build now. Gunstruction. What the fuck? Oh. But so the first comment is exactly what he wants. And it's not a fan of the music, but he's not wrong. And this is on his fake woke song. But then you scroll down a little farther to a comment on AR15.com and it says, I really liked him until he did If I Was Black. Now he can go fuck off. Huh. Take the hood right off, baby. Wow. Uh, Yeah, right? So, um, wait, 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 before we leave AR15.com, like, what do they like to talk about on AR15.com? Uh, sloppy Joe casserole recipe. Yeah. Virtually all hospitalized COVID patients have one thing in common. They're unvaccinated. So like this is happy 246th birthday, U.S. Army. Why are the Democrats not packing the Supreme Court? Like this isn't AR-15 is not a white supremacist website. It is a gun form. I really do want that sloppy Joe recipe unless that is code for overthrowing the government. <laughs> there is no sloppy Joe recipe that's as good as uh, just manwich and like ground turkey. You're good to go. Yeah. Take that AR15.com. <laughs> so anyway, what Tom is it's just confirmation bias for angry old white guys 
and he is a genius for finding a way to take their money. Kevin, remember when I wanted to start making and selling Q t-shirts on Amazon like a year and a half ago? Yes, you won't let me forget it. It's like the Dogecoin for you. We could have fucking retired. I know. That was was my Dogecoin. (laughs) Uh, Red-pilled Americans are desperate to just hand over their money to anyone that speaks Fox News. That's why at all these Trump rallies, you'd see like black guys at merch tables selling Make America Great Again hats and just taking it to the bank and laughing all the way home. If you want to fall for the grift, or if you'd like further evidence that it's a grift, head on over to his website, which I will not give you the name of, where he has 59 different t-shirt designs for sale. That's not fair. In the interest of transparency, his website is lemonparty.org. <laughs> Just uh, t- type that in, uh, L-E-M-O-N-P-A-R-T-Y dot org. Just go right ahead. He also has 17 different hoodies and jackets and seven designs in children and infant sizes. Oh, great. Great. He really goes off the deep end. He has a song called Cloned Rappers that tells his theory that rappers that can't be controlled by the record labels and Illuminati are being murdered and replaced by clones. So now we're into some like deep state QAnon shit. And yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I want to I want to close out him with a comment that I found on one of his videos that perfectly sums up who his audience is, who's buying their albums, why he's on the charts. Who There are hundreds of comments like this in the comment section and millions of views. It goes like this. As a 57-year-old father of 20, 19, and 16-year-old kids, I have fought the war against rap. I mean this from my heart. Prior to tonight, I feel that every rap song, and artist in quotations, was a threat to not only my children's, but all children's mental health and understanding of the world as it really is. I discovered Tom McDonald tonight and will be encouraging my three kids to listen. Word. Word. That's the expression, correct? No? Lit? I'm confused, brah. So it's just hundreds and hundreds of dudes with NRA stickers on their trucks. They are his target audience. And that's the grift, baby. For what it's worth, my 58-year-old father, he asked me what we were recording this week, and I showed him a Tom McDonald video. I showed him snowflakes. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at him and goes, look at this fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then, he wanted me to do nothing but show him hip-hop videos of people (laughs) swinging guns around and mudding. And then he showed me a picture he took of a bumper sticker that just said across the back of a truck, mud slut. Oh, God. So it's not all bad out there. No, and, and I mean, this this genre goes deep and it's it, as it's going to grow fast. I mean, back in the day, bands like Screwdriver and other like hammer skin white supremacist bands, they traded their tapes at gun shows and at like backwoods like neo-Nazi parties. That that was how they got these out. It was a tape exchange. But white supremacists were the first group to learn how to use the internet. They've been online since the mid-80s. Oh my God, yeah. And now that YouTube is on everybody's phone, this is the way. And Tom McDonald was smart. Like, he's not going to get canceled. He's going to say everything he wants, so he says he's going to get canceled. But meanwhile, he has the number 10 music video of all the music videos on YouTube. Like, his platform is huge. But he's going to sing about how he's being persecuted and it's going to result in more and more clicks. But he doesn't say anything violent ever or anything that would cause him to get his stuff taken down because he's not stupid. He is a smart man. He knows what he's doing, but it is extremely dangerous and divisive. He's inspired other people. Um, There is an African-American rapper named Topher that had a song called The Patriot that is literally about storming the Capitol. It was released on January 6th. They claimed the the most banned video. It was banned from all streaming services, but it is absolutely available on Spotify. 
It's a grift. So that's all I got, Kevin. Remember how we were like, this is going to be fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's inspired me to, to get the hell out of Missouri. Yeah, man. This is going to be the last episode for you from Missouri. This is the last episode where you'll see this crappy extra bedroom setup. I will be recording from a more strategic office slash uh, recording studio when we do our next episode. You want to know what the, the final straw, why I have to get out of Missouri? Please. General Michael Flynn, the uh, <laughs> spokesperson of QAnon, will be coming to St. Louis at the end of the month to endorse Mark McCloskey for Senate. Mark McCloskey, you may remember, uh, he's they call him Mansion Man because uh, during a Black Lives Matter protest uh, last summer, he came outside of his house and pointed an AR-15 at peaceful protesters in the street and his wife had a little pistol and they were aiming it and now he faces state gun charges. Yeah, he's running for Senate in Missouri. So the two senators of Missouri could quite possibly be insurrectionist Josh Hawley and Mansion Man Mark McCloskey. And with that, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Wow. So you can find me at an undisclosed location in Las Vegas where I will be coming a world-class prepper and just stocking guns in the ground like in Terminator 2. <laughs> I, I got to say, before we uh, close it out and do the what you're listening to and all that, all that good stuff, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this and who's dropped us a kind word. And uh, we've met a lot of really, really cool people. And... Uh, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Mogan for holding it down and to Anthony. I'm sure you'll be seeing those guys in season three. And just thank you so much to everybody who has supported this. It, it just means the world. Thank you, mom, for listening. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, if you can drop us reviews, we really appreciate it. We have a, a Days of the New Facebook discussion group that Kevin and I hang out in and answer questions and stuff. For those of you that are listening that don't personally know us, I'd love to know, like, where you found us what your favorite episode was, what the first episode that you listened to was. And we're, we're not going to go radio silent on you guys until season three. We'll still drop in some mosh pit episodes because we do love doing this, mm -hmm. but we're going to take a little bit of a break. I'm going to move across the country. Kevin's going to, um, you know, get closer to the date of his wedding and we're going to get some episodes in the can so that when we do have to, you know, head out for a bachelor party and head out for a <laughs> wedding that we're not going to go dark uh, in the middle of a season. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to enjoy our summer a little bit, you know, and, and, write the episodes we want to write make sure that this is uh that this is never a job that it's something that we love and uh you guys make that very very easy for us so with that nick you ever you ever thought about the fact we play so many videos and so many clips of audio but we never actually share the music that we're listening to that's true we should change that okay so nick what have you been listening to i've been i've just really been on podcasts lately um, but I wanted to try and get away from that. So I started just listening to some Spotify mixes. I wanted to find some new stuff. You know, we're pushing 40 here. It's right around the corner. And I think this is an age that you get to and you tend to just get nostalgic and listen to the bands that you already know. So I wanted to find some new stuff. So I found uh, Teenage Wrist, Earth is a Black Hole. I feel like I feel free, but I'm getting sick on the inside. We are made to feel ashamed. All right, so get a little Jimmy World vibe to it. Wow, I dig it. I dig it. 
So for myself, since that Mortal Kombat Annihilation episode where uh, I kind of uh, introduced Nazimbluten to your lexicon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I've kind of been going back to like that old school Gabber vibe. And I found that on Spotify, an artist that I had listened to way, way back in the day, Disciples of Annihilation, and their song NYC Speed Chord. And one of the things I really love about this is that the main sample used here is from Typo Negative's cover of Seals and Croft's Summer Breeze. So here's what that sounds like. Just something nice to relax to in the morning. Yeah, wow. All right. Where can they find us? Uh, you can find us at Days of the New on Instagram and Twitter. Go ahead and follow us. We love to interact with you. Let us know what you want us to cover in season three. We know that we've done a lot of weird journey pieces this season, so we will get back to the core and, and hit some of those major records. We're going to do some some of the big ones uh, next season. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick underscore the underscore knife. You can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y, and you cannot find me on Twitter because I am fucking punching the clock. Happy season two. We will see you guys later. Later. We'll be back. Is that, is that how we, how do you, how do you close a podcast? I know. Like this, I guess. Okay. I'm just going to play the theme song. All right. Bye. Click. Don't be alive.